The following resource is by CBC Mokopani. For more resources like this, check out our website at www.christbaptistmokopani.com. I want to uh, speak uh, this morning on a formula for fellowship. Um, and the reason why I do this, and strange enough, it's not just uh, speaking to people in the church, but when I go up and do leadership training, I find it invaluable to speak on this topic um, as part of the training that we do, because a lot of people live in condemnation. And they live uh, always wondering if God really forgives them. And so on. So I want to just clarify issues because the things that I love to talk about are the basics or the 101 of Christianity. Because you can keep going back to these basics and they help you in your walk with God and they keep clarifying things that might become a little bit cloudy in your mind, especially if you struggle with certain things in your life. Amen. So, um, so this is just one of those lessons that I speak about on a regular scale and we have gone through the book of 1 John with uh, Pastor Lucas and we're sort of way down the road but I'm taking you back to chapter 1. So let's just pray. Normally I'll forget to pray before I preach because I'm too excited about the preaching. Let me pray for that. For those who find it a stopping moment. Lord, we love you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for making a way for us. And just the wonder that remains in us that you love us. And that you have made a way for us to walk in fellowship with you and in relationship with you, and that is precious. And we thank you for that, Father, and I pray that if there's any questions in our minds today, any doubts in our minds today, that you would speak to us. And we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Uh, 1 John uh, 1, from verse 3 to 10. And uh, John is writing, he says, That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you that you may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write unto you that your joy may be full. This then is the message we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Amen. I think one of the great truths of scripture is that 
many people can't understand in the world today is that we are sinners and that I've made many excuses for sinners. Uh, they call it psychological problems, they call it issues, but they never want to talk about sin. But, but even sometimes for Christians, it's hard for us to understand certain things that we, that God would call sin, but we would think it's okay. Uh, Lucas has been speaking about respectable sins, and some things we have really made respectable in our lives. But the proclamation of sin comes from God Himself. That's why Jesus died on the cross, because we are sinners in His sight. So it doesn't matter what you think or what I think, we are sinners. So no judge in a high court of South Africa can should be able to remove the conviction that this is God's pronouncement that we are sinners because he is just a sinner hiding his sin if he would declare that and cause you to be in problems like going to jail or whatever, whatever. he is still a sinner making a wrong pronouncement because he is not God and he doesn't see from God's perspective so one of the things that we discover is that when we come to Christ, there's this wonderful first love that's in our lives. We're excited about God, we love God, and then, oops, we do something that is wrong. We, we, we sin. And then it's almost as if our whole relationship with God has gone down the tubes. And we live in condemnation, and we're constantly trying to prove to God that we're, that we're trying to make up for what we've done wrong. Have you ever been in that position? I've been in that position. And it's not pleasant. But God has a solution. So God has a solution that is a quick recovery for us when we sin. So what happens when we sin is we break fellowship with God. We break fellowship with our Heavenly Father. Now get that. That is the truth that I want you to understand above all things this morning. You break fellowship with God. Okay? And God gives us a formula in the scripture that we just read in how we come back into fellowship with Him. Amen. And when we have fellowship with Him, we have fellowship with our brothers and sisters. So the way to experience the fullness of joy. So John says that he wants us to experience joy. And we experience joy when we live in right relationship with God and with one another. But David in Psalm uh, 51 says, Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. He didn't say restore to me my salvation. He said restore to me the joy of my salvation. We keep making wrong decisions. If we keep sinning, it robs us of our joy. We're constantly critical. We're constantly this or that. Whatever it is, you know what your sin is. I know what mine is. 
And if I persist in it, it robs me of my joy. So God wants us to live in joy. Amen. In Psalm 16 it says, In the presence of God there is fullness of joy. Amen. So we need to maintain that fellowship with God and it's possible because He has given us the way to do that. And it doesn't depend on your circumstances. It depends totally on your relationship with God. Amen. Draw closer to God, we'll draw closer to you. That's a promise that James gives us. So if you move away from God, you will begin to experience and feel that in your life. Amen. Alright. So, the first thing we need to understand is if we are to experience real fellowship or true fellowship with God, we must recognize our sin. Whatever that sin is, you must learn to recognize your sin. And God forgives sin as long as we confess our sin. So we're not the result of blind chance where sin doesn't exist. For the Muslim, sin doesn't exist as long as he keeps the way. He can hate a Gentile, he can hate anybody that's not a believer. There is no sin in Islam except apostasy where you reject Islam itself. But as a Muslim, there is no such thing as sin. But in Christianity, sin is the malady that Jesus died for. Never forget that. Because that's our problem and it's a problem that we could not fix. You can't fix your sin. Jesus had to die for it. And it's by His Spirit that we overcome the sin in our lives. Are you with me? You can't pull yourself up by what we call by your own bootstraps. You need God to help you. And the start of that is always recognition of sin. And as we will see later. So, sin isn't just an accident or a mere stumble as man lives his life. But sin is the opposite to truth. Amen. It's the opposite to God's truth when it is truth. There is no other truth besides the truth that God gives us in this in, in spiritual matters. Every other religion is missing. Man hasn't didn't evolve, but has devolved from the image of God. Amen. So man is not getting better. When you look around you in this life today, man is not improving. All his knowledge and all the science and all the things has never dealt with the depravity of man. It's never dealt with the selfishness of man. Because it's, a, it's something that only God can fix. Man cannot fix it. Because his nature is that of a sinner. We remember when Adam fell, we fell. We took on his sinful nature. And so man is stuck. 
in the past, as it were. He's caught up in the first Adam. And we need the second Adam, the perfect Adam, to release us from our sin. Are you with me? Amen. So sin has ruined the human race. So if we don't recognize sin as an affront to God, we will never have true fellowship with God. We can fool ourselves. We can even have a make-believe talk and relationship with God. But it's not true fellowship with God. Because we're not dealing with the issue that would separate us from God. Are you with me? So sin separates the sinner from God. But sin also hinders our fellowship with Him. Amen. It's like, I remember when uh, we were in America and we were at a certain place and Shawnee was told not to play with Jenny's rings. It was a wedding. Engagement. She was my mother's. Anyway, but it was a beautiful ring and Johnny don't play with it and sure enough Johnny was playing with it. And then suddenly Johnny grew real quiet. Didn't want to look you in the face, didn't want to talk to you. Johnny, where's the ring? It had disappeared. So anyway, but we turned it into a lesson of forgiveness and didn't behind it. Just get that stuff. You're beating the child about the problem. So, anyway, so, shortly years, so we forgave him and everything. But the thing is that when we break fellowship with our sin freely in our lives, we don't really want to talk to God like a child. We don't want to look God in the face as it were. But you know when a child is naughty? Comes into the room and he's looking at the ground. He said, Look at me. Adam, where are you? Hiding in the bushes. You know? And, and that's what happens in our relationship with God if there's no heartfelt uh, recognition of sin. And so, um, society and in the church often because they don't want to confront their sin and deal with their sin they become alienated from God. God hasn't gone anywhere because he's living inside of you. You understand that? You are his temple. Now in the Old Testament God kind of when the temple became desecrated and defiled God would have deserted the temple as he did with the tabernacle and as he did with the temple in Jerusalem. But you are the temple of God and God is not moving out. He's just going to sweep house and cleanse the temple. That's what he's going to do. So we want to be cleansed from our sin. Regardless. So the first thing is to recognize your sin. The second thing is that we want to repent of our sin. Now I remember when I was in Namibia, I was working with a certain denomination and 
And I was speaking to their pastor and they said, well, repentance is just confessing your sin. And confession is agreement with God that you have done wrong. Right? But this fellow would never repent of his sin. So there was never any victory. So what was he teaching his church? And all you have to say to God is, forgive me my adultery and it's okay. Forgive me my fornication and it's okay. But there's never any repentance. So there must be a repentance in our lives that takes place so that we can get victory and we can restore fellowship with God. Are you with me? But without that, we alienate ourselves from God and eventually we become calloused in our hearts, we become calloused in our spirits, and it's difficult for us to maintain a relationship with God because we know He's pressing on that number. Remember that little story I told you about our Father? Like we're sensitive about certain things. If you don't like someone because they hurt you, when God touches your button in that area, you don't want to respond. In fact, you can even argue with God. You can get upset with God. I'm not dealing with it. Well, you've moved your fellowship. Because now you want to avoid God because you know He's going to deal with this issue in your life. And that's just terrible for you. And it's sad for God because He wants to have fellowship doesn't need you, but he wants to have fellowship because he loves you. Are you with me? Amen. Anybody say amen in this place? <laughs> okay, so when we become a child of God, there's a, there's a twofold relationship that we have with God. First, we are his sons and daughters. Are you with me? We are the sons and daughters of God. When we become born again, we become a part of the family of God. And you must know that once you have become born again and you are part of the family of God, you can never be unborn. That's why Jesus used the illustration. Because if you were born as a child into a household, can you be unborn? You cannot. And so he uses that illustration to drive home the point that you cannot lose your salvation, that you are a child of God. That doesn't change. And the second relationship we have with God is that relationship of fellowship. Amen. So as God's children, to maintain that fellowship, we need to maintain or walk closely with God. Are you with me? So if you, and how do we do that? We do that by having a regular time, by regularly praying, spending time with God. Amen. God, like many people treat God like a, like a, like a hospital. You only go to hospital when you need it. Are you with me? And so when they're desperate and they have an issue in their life, then they run to God. Oh God, help, I need help. And often God does help you because He loves you. But that's not the best way to do it. You could have avoided the situation if you had been walking with God. 
Because his word might have instructed you. His spirit might have led you. Are you with me? Okay, so that's really important. That whole thing of fellowship. So sin doesn't affect my sonship. Okay? Now, sin might affect my relationship with people in the church. Are you with me? Because there's consequences to certain things. Never affects my sonship, but it does affect my relationship. My relationship in the church, my responsibility. So I remember that um, I probably told you, but I stole money from my dad. I was a good little guy. Like he gave me money to spend and give everybody so much money, and I spent most of the money and I gave him a little bit of change back. I was having a good time, and boy, did he follow me. And alive, that was a hike. You know? Anyway, but, um, but he sat down with me afterwards, and he, and he, and he, and he cuddled me, and he explained to me why he beat me like that. Are you with me? And he told me he loved me, and I've never resented that hiding, I've resented other things. But that hiding I've never resented and said, oh, well, he was an abuser. Because that was the worst hiding I ever got. But it was also the best hiding I ever got. I wasn't. And I was able to repeat and restore the fellowship. And the problem is, if you don't repent of your sins, you don't restore the fellowship. And then life becomes the way of a sinner is hard. You must know that. Because God is going to let you wallow in that nonsense of yours. So that He can get your attention and you understand that this is not really good for you. Amen. And so God wants to restore that fellowship. That's why John says in 1 John 1 7, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And you also find people that constantly walk in sin don't even become effective members in the church. Because they've always got something to hide. They're not dealing with it. And so, as Lucas was saying the other day, we walk around with a master. Pretending that it's okay, we're okay, we're good, there's nothing wrong, but it's a lie. But if we walk in the light, it's easy like we have fellowship with another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. So, if we fall out of a relationship, there are things you must do. So, the first thing is, notice that is to expose your sin to the light. Amen. So we'll look at what that means. So in 1 John 1 6, John uses the phrase, if we say. And then again in verse 8, he reckons, if we say. Like some people, that's a phrase that we need to take note of. If we say we have fellowship with him and 
and walk not in the light, but walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. If we say, and lots of people are, if we are, are if we are saved, they're always saying that they're right, they're always saying that it's good, they're always saying this and that, but it's not true. So the fact is, if we say that we have repented of sin, that we have confessed sin, that we have turned away from it, then we will walk in light. Are you with me? And not in darkness. So, you know, your, your relationship, uh, as such, it doesn't change. Fellowship is definitely effective. So, so there are people that say all kinds of things but don't do anything. For example, when a Christian sins, he may lie to the other people about it. He may say he is in fellowship with God and he may come to church and act like everything is fine. But he is lying and he knows it. He has sinned in his heart and he has to lie to others because he cannot confess what is in his heart. So what is in your heart? Confess it. Walk in the light. Bring it to the light. Because then you can receive counsel. Then you can receive forgiveness and your relationship with God is restored. Are you with me? Is that simple? It's amazing that God has given us such a simple formula with which to have fellowship with Him. In um, Mark 12, Jesus speaks and he says, And when you stand praying, if you have unforgiveness toward anyone, forgive them. Are you with me? In the Our Father, Jesus teaches us, Forgive those who trespass against you, as your father forgives those who trespass. Forgive those who trespass against you, and your father will forgive those who trespass. You. Hey, yeah, forgive us our trespasses. So in your prayer time, you need to confess your sins. Amen. What is the ministry of the Holy Spirit? He is to convict you. So if you, you see the problem with us, and the reason why we are unconfessed in our prayer is because we won't close our mouth and listen. We just talk. When we pray, so we never give the Holy Spirit chance to convict us of anything. Because we have too much to say and too much to ask. So what we need to do is just be quiet. Say, Holy Spirit, is there anything in my life that is displeasing to you? Is there sin in my life that is not making you happy or grieving you? And sure enough, it will come to mind. And you can confess it. And it doesn't have to be a major sin. 
Because sin is sin. Are you with me? And some some people are just critical. Critical of everything. And so it takes more than just one confession of sin. It means a working through of this thing over a period of time until you have victory. And so that you can look at a person that bugs you and not be totally critical about them. Are you with me? That's where we want to be. Because then we are having what most people? Fellowship. Nothing worse than meeting someone and and say, hey, how are you? No, I'm fine. Good to see you. And you tell me what you say. No. No, man. Three. No. I've had to go through many such things. So, we don't want to hide ourselves. We want to expose it to the light. And the light reveals what is wrong. Therefore, we need to come and ask the Holy Spirit to help us. We need to read the Word of God because there's a lot of clarity in Scripture about things that are not right. Are you with me? We need to meditate on the Word so that we can figure this out. And the thing is, if God is perfect love, the closer you move to God, the more imperfections you will see in your life. That is why you have become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So in in, in Jesus you are perfectly righteous because of what He has done on the cross and that you have accepted what He has done for you. So He doesn't count your sin against you, but He deals with your sin so that it doesn't hinder your fellowship with Him. Are you with me? I mean, I used to hate the Muslims. Oh, come on. I mean, but I've gotten over them. Ask Jenny. I used to tell that black people, there's no salvation for these people. They're just lost. Just totally lost. No use preaching the gospel to them. But like, God has worked in my life. And He's finally released me to work with His church in a Muslim nation. But before he did that, it, it, it would have been useless for me to minister in that situation. Because the people through the church that you're actually trying to reach and minister to are Muslims. And, they, and if there was that hatred in my life, so I brought it to the light and I keep bringing it to the light until finally I picked him. Are you with me? So the Holy Spirit is there to help us. And what happens when we walk in the light and the enemy comes and he accuses us, we can just say it's not true. Because I have brought this before the Lord. And by the Spirit of God, I'm putting to death the deeds of the flesh. In Romans 8, verse 14, I think. Um, 
So we express your sin to the Lord. Now remember, when we confess our sin, it's agreeing with God. Saying, God, I agree with you. This is a problem in my life. This pride, this critical spirit, this unforgiveness, this bitterness, this anger, this, 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 whatever. It might be. So he says, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive. He will forgive you, but let it be heartfelt. Are you with me? We can become good confessors of the mouth, but not repenting in the heart. Are you with me? Because it becomes almost like, um, like a liturgy in our lives that we just repeat over and over again. But it needs to be heartfelt. Okay. And then, and, 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 and the thing about it is, it's not just that He forgives you, but He cleanses you of that stain. He cleanses you of all unrighteousness. He removes that stain in your life. Because that helps you walk with a clear conscience. That helps you walk in freedom with God. Are you with me? Eh? I just wonder why people stare at you. So, be quick to admit in your life. Like somebody has put it like this, keep short accounts with God. Like if you sin now, confess it now. Don't wait for a week or a month or, or just confess it and say, God, I'm sorry, I've done my blood. Like many times my wife will catch me saying, just be insensitive, I guess. She said, like, puss. And I said, like, I'm sorry. And then it's like, but if I leave it, believe me, it'll pop up later. You know? And we'll deal with it. <laughs> Instead of dealing with it. Are you with me? Okay. So, it's the beauty. So the word confess is used in the present tense of confessional sins immediately. Alright. So the thing is like when you get something in your eye and it's irritating you, when do you deal with it? Immediately, you don't want to walk around for a week and say, this is great. You know, what's wrong with your eye? Nothing. You know? You deal with it immediately. Alright. You fix it. So we need to do that on a regular basis with ourselves. I like can have a critical thought when you start thinking uh, in pride, you confess it so that you don't walk in pride. When somebody does something against you, because if you don't confess it immediately, you're going to give action to that thought and to that deed in your heart and your mind. Instead of saying, oh, now I'm going to start walking in pride. Because you know what's welling up inside of you toward that person or toward that situation. 
And so when we do that, it's not a life without sin, but it's a life that remains in close fellowship to God. And that's what we're after. And then finally, be confident in the Lord. So the best news in the world is that there is one place that you can turn to to find forgiveness. A place where you can get rid of your guilt. It's found in the blood of Jesus. Amen. Man is looking for an answer to sin and Christ is offering it. Take the deal. It's a good deal. It's the best deal you're ever going to have on this earth. Whether you're rich or poor, it doesn't matter. It's the best thing for you. So if we confess He is faithful, no matter how many times you come to Him, that's the beauty. Keep coming. Because if you keep coming, you're going to get victory. And if you can't get it by yourself, then go and find somebody to talk to. But don't go and talk to your buddy. Who always says, ah, yeah, it's all right. Don't worry about it. It'll come right. Go to your pastor. Or to a mature Christian that can give you the counsel. Otherwise, they're going to talk nonsense into your head. And you never end up dealing with it anyway. So our sins are not counted against us anymore. Because Christ has met the legal requirement. He has taken our punishment on Him on the cross. So, confess, repent, bring your sins to the light, and experience the freedom and the blessing that God has. It's a beautiful thing. It's, I, you know, and it's like, it really saves us from trying to keep proving that we're good enough. We're not good But He has made a way that makes us come into fellowship with Him, and that's the most beautiful thing in the world. So don't let anything rob you of that. Amen. And I want you to know, we all struggle with sin. Doesn't matter who you are. Sin, confession of sin before your brothers and sisters should bring us closer together. Not give us get up and an excuse to go and talk about somebody. Are you with me? It should bring us closer to one another that we might love one and care for one another because we're in the same boat. Are you with me? Some people can't wait to go and tell somebody about somebody else. That's not going to do anybody any good. Just love each other. So if somebody confides in you, confiding in you, not anybody else, to you. Remember that. Amen. Sometimes the leadership might have to discuss an issue about someone, but it's in the leadership. It's not across the world. 
Are you with me? Let's pray. Father, Lord, you have, uh, it's wonderful to know your, your forgiveness. It's wonderful to walk in fellowship with you. It's wonderful that you have made it so possible for us to walk in fellowship with you. And it's not like the Catholics have opinions and sometimes even some of the more severe Catholics have severe penance and flagellations. It's just you made it so easy that you just want it from the heart. And so help us to be hot Christians when we come before you in prayer and in confession and in repentance so that we can really walk in fellowship with you. Help us to walk in the light that we might have fellowship with one another. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.